welcome Life Spring Bible Church family and the body of Christ that's uh, tuning in to be a part of uh, our our time together today. Um, you know, I'm a funny guy. I, a week ago, I, I made a statement in church about how restrictive the gospel is in parts of Europe and England. Um, and I want to apologize for that because fact-checking ourselves here, we found out that it's not nearly as restrictive as I once believed that it was. And whenever I make a statement and I'm incorrect, I like to look the camera in the eye or look the people in the eye and, and say so. And then we deal with it and we move on. So uh, uh, I was mistaken about the restrictiveness of the gospel being preached in Europe and England when I stated that it was so stringent. It's not nearly as stringent as I thought it was. And I, I have a grateful heart that I'm able to say that to you, that the gospel is not being hindered nearly as much as I implied and stated that it was. So thank God for that. Well, let's have a word of prayer together before we get started. Father, I want to thank you once again for everyone that's viewing our time together today. I pray in Jesus' name that you would be with us. Draw us all together in our respective sites uh, whether we're at home or wherever we are, Father. And we pray in Jesus' name that you would remind us that we're bound together by the shed blood of Jesus Christ and that we are family. We are the body of Christ. We are the church. Father, strengthen us. Do not allow us to be weakened, but strengthen us, we pray in Jesus' name, and help us and guide us and lead us and direct us and help us with the few announcements and comments we need to make and help us to teach and preach your word today, Father, in a way that touches and changes our lives. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I wanted to share with you that um, last week many churches began uh, ceasing to have physical gatherings in their church buildings and pastors went to um, preaching and teaching over the internet. And it was kind of amazing. Evidently there was a large number of people that were at home and looking for a, a sermon, uh, to hear a sermon last week. And so we we began our service last week at noon at the regular time and we found out that over 4,200 people at least visited our site uh, during uh, the presentation of our sermon last week and so that's humbling and, and we know that that may have only been for three seconds that they were there. We don't know how long they were there but we know that we were visited by more people probably than uh, any other service uh, that I've preached in my lifetime, and uh, I'm excited by that. A certain percentage of those will stay with us. Um, we've we've picked up about 15 new followers, and you say, well, that's not much. Well, that's 15 people that weren't listening before, and we were visited by at least 4,200 people, and we don't know how many of those listened to the whole sermon. So just remember that there's a lot of people in the body of Christ out there that need to be touch they need to be taught they need to be encouraged and so there's a couple of notes that i wrote here first of all this is uh it's being recorded today nathan and i wanted to get together right now it's saturday march 21st that we're recording this message but we want to be able to present to you something that you can hear clearly see clearly and that is presented well and for the glory of god so we pre-recorded our our first service for sunday uh, for March 22nd, 2020 at noon. And so uh, just uh, know ahead of time that this is pre-recorded, and it's going to be posted uh, on, our, on our Facebook page. Uh, it's our number one desire to endure this period of time and to be strengthened, not weakened. Um, 
We're going to delay our sermon series, Altered, for obvious reasons. We want to be together when we go through that series. And we want to be there in person to be able to have communion around our new altars, to anoint our new altars, dedicate our new altars, and spend time in prayer around those new altars. Um, we're not yet certain how long we'll be having church this way. However, we will endeavor to make the most of it in the most positive manner with God's help and wisdom that he affords us. We want to effectively communicate faith in God. So with that in mind, after spending time in prayer and tabling our series called Altered, I want to preach a single message to you today um, called A Timely Word Spoken. A Timely Word Spoken. I want you to turn in your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 4, verses 36 and 37. I'm going to give you a moment to get there. We don't have to be in a hurry. I don't think we have anywhere else that we need to be right now. Acts chapter 4, verses 36 and 37. Acts chapter 4, verses 36 and 37 reads like this. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. We've been uh, adding a little point to our messages so that if you decide after listening to this message you want the notes, the notes that I'm preaching from today will be available to you within a couple of days on our website. And uh, we've added a little synopsis to each one of the sermon notes that you could read and get a, an idea of the gist of the direction that the sermon is moving in. Today the synopsis is, My prayer is that through this message, God will inspire you to become an encourager. And by way of an introduction, there's a few illustrations and stories I want to share with you. There was an old story about a preacher leaving a church. At his farewell dinner, he tried to encourage one of the founding members that looked very sad. Don't be sad, he said. The next preacher might be better than me. She replied, that's what they said before you came, but it just keeps getting worse. That's not a very encouraging thing to hear, is it? Uh, we all need encouragement. By the way, that was just a joke. I'm not going anywhere. This life that we live can be challenging at times, and we all need encouragement. We all need someone to lift us up, don't we? That's why one of the main goals of our gathering on Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. in the morning is to share a scripture, have a word of prayer, and encourage the brothers and sisters in Christ. Here's another story for you. I remember this because when I first heard the story, it struck a nerve with me because this took place uh, and was reported uh, in the in Time magazine on June 18, 1956, which was about a month and a half before I was born, a freak accident happened on a lake in New York. A speeding motorboat bounced on a wave and shot into the water two of its passengers, a 50-year-old man and a little girl. To keep her from drowning, the man held her head above the water, her head above the water, while the boat circled back. They rescued the girl, but the man drowned. That's how Dawson Trotman died, the founder of The Navigators, an international discipleship ministry. According to a quote in Time magazine, he lived to save others. His death was just the way he would have planned it. In his obituary, someone wrote that he died just the way he lived, always lifting someone up. What a legacy to be known as someone who always lifted others up. 
someone who was always encouraging others. It's taken me, as your pastor, many years to learn that one good word, one word of encouragement can inspire and physically help people. Um, I want to give you a short version of a study that was done many years ago involving children who had all types of um, uh, wires and, and, and uh, scientific uh, paraphernalia attached to their bodies so that they could read the reaction of the children. And they took a group of the children and told them nothing but encouraging things. And the other group of children, they said nothing but discouraging things. And what they learned was that the children who encouraged literally had a boost of energy, physical energy, and that the children that suffered the discouraging words had a loss of energy. It just goes to prove, and I, and I have no doubt that if you did that with a group of adults, it would have the same effect. We all need some encouragement in our lives. That's what I live for now. With some of the things that we're facing and some of the news that you hear out there, um, and as a leader, I can tell you that leaders make decisions, and some people agree with the decisions, and some people don't. If you're a good leader and you're not afraid to make decisions, you're going to upset some people sometime. But I will tell you that I, I trust God. He's greater than any illness, greater than any virus. Every time that I pray about it, I pray that God will kill the virus. I'm looking to God for a miracle, but I'm also practicing wisdom for the sake of the people. And we are going to endeavor to use wisdom, godly wisdom, and do our part to make sure that this sickness does not spread. I also want to encourage you that what we're doing in our endeavor to keep the spread of the coronavirus down, we're also slowing down the spread of the flu, which has killed many tens of thousands more people. We can endure this for a number of weeks, and we can come out the other side stronger, wiser, and better educated. In Acts chapter 4, verse 36, this is the first time we hear about a man. In 4, 36 and 37, I want to read this. Acts 4, 36 and 37. Thus Joseph, who was called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. I want to stop right there. I want to stop right there. Acts 4.36 talks about this man for the first time in the Bible. The church was young. That's why we call it the early church. It just gotten its start there in Jerusalem. And all of the church was in one accord, the scripture tells us. That's why one of the points that I want to make today is that the place of agreement is a place of power. The place of unity is a place where things get done. We can starve this virus if we just work together. So the church has just gotten its start there in Jerusalem, and all of the churches in one accord, the scripture tells us. The apostles were preaching and teaching every day, and more and more believed that Jesus was their long-awaited Messiah, and they were placing their faith in him and what he had done on the cross for them. They were excited and on fire for God. If I could say all of the right words, do all the right things, Pray all the right prayers. Be perfect in everything that came out of my mouth. I would encourage you to remain on fire for God. Do not, in the name of Jesus, allow yourself to be buried in discouragement. There's one man, though, who was singled out for his generosity and encouragement of others. I want to read the scripture again. Thus Joseph, who was also called by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold the field that belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. His name was Joseph. His name was Joseph, but we don't know him by that name. 
This is the last time that his proper name is used in the scripture. His nickname was Barnabas. The apostles gave him that name. How many of you have a nickname out there? Um, I, I've had nicknames. I'm not going to share them with you. Uh, I'm not going to encourage anybody to use them. They, they weren't like Barnabas. So I'm not going to share them with you. And I don't expect you to uh, text me and share yours with me. Uh, but some nicknames don't mean anything. But Joseph nicknamed Barnabas did mean something. Names had meaning back in Jesus' day. And it meant son of encouragement or encourager. Barnabas' character as an encourager was so well known that they actually changed his name. His nickname became his identity. As you look through the New Testament, you'll find that everywhere he went, Barnabas was an encourager. I want you to go with me now to Acts chapter 11. We're going to move around in Acts a little bit today, so get comfortable there. Acts chapter 11. We'll go to verse 22. Acts chapter 11, verse 22 through 24. Hope you're there. The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he was glad, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. The church was expanding and starting to reach the Gentiles. When the church in Jerusalem heard about this, they sent Barnabas because he was an encourager. Everywhere Barnabas is present, you'll find encouragement going on. Even when the great apostle Paul was angry with John Mark, you may remember that in the Bible, and didn't want him to be a part of his ministry, Anymore, Barnabas chose to stay and encourage John Mark. Go to Acts chapter 15 with me. Acts chapter 15, verses 36 through 40. Acts chapter 15, beginning with verse 36. Trying to slow down a little bit. I want to give everybody a chance to lay eyes on the Word of God. Verse 36, And after some days Paul said to Barnabas, Let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now Barnabas wanted to take with them John called Mark, but Paul thought best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. And there arose a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, having been commended by the brothers uh, to the grace of the Lord. So what do we have here? Paul didn't want John Mark with him because he saw him as a quitter. He had his mind made up. One who wouldn't follow through on his commitments. Uh, Barnabas saw a young man who needed encouragement. Obviously it worked. This young man we call John Mark is the writer of the gospel as recorded by Mark. Now watch this with me because I did a little math. This episode happened around 50 to 52 AD. And the gospel of Mark was written somewhere around 64 AD, according to most biblical scholars. Something happened in those 12 to 14 years to bring John Mark from a young man that wasn't committed to one that wrote boldly about the life and purpose of Jesus Christ. 
In that period of time, his life changed. Wonder what it had been like if Barnabas had made a decision not to go with Mark, not to encourage him, not to take him under his wing, not to say important words to him that would help change his life. I don't know what all that would happen, but I do know that Barnabas had something to do with it by not abandoning him and encouraging and spending time with him. As I study his character, I realize that all of us should want to have the nickname Barnabas. I encourage you this morning to be a Barnabas, an encourager. We need encouragers more now in the body of Christ than ever. The Greek word we translate encourage from is called parakaleo. Parakaleo, this word in its original form means to call to one side, to comfort, to console, to strengthen. Does that sound familiar? You ever heard of the Greek word paraclete? Parakaleo and paraclete are very similar. Paraclete is a Greek word that refers to the character of the Holy Spirit. Called to one side, to comfort, to console, and to strengthen. Parakaleo is the name that they called Barnabas by, the encourager. When we encourage each other, we walk beside each other, which means to share in our lives in a way of support and strength. And you say, well, Pastor, right now, we can't be by each other's side. That's right, but we're not separated by the Spirit. By the Spirit and the word of prayer, we are together. Amen? To do what we can, we are going to hang on to this truth to do what we can to strengthen instead of tear down. Uh, do you ever notice that human nature, it's easy to believe the worst? It's easier to be a discourager than it is to be an encourager. There's so much discouragement in the world and so much weakness that is fed to the world through this. That's why it's so difficult for people to grasp hold of their faith and to look for this as a period of time for their faith to be strengthened instead of weakened. I want to take a few minutes this morning and look at just how we can become encouragers. The first thing we must realize in order to be encourager is that encouragement must be spoken. It doesn't do any good if we don't open our mouth and use our words. It doesn't do any good just to think good thoughts about a person. We need to communicate with people in order to encourage them. That's why our phones are going to be so important. Texting is going to be so important. Even our Facebook pages can be used to encourage people. We need, we need to learn to speak words that encourage each other. Acts chapter 13. I want you to go to Acts chapter 13. And we're going to read verse 15 together. Acts chapter 13, verse 15. We're going to look at something that used to take place uh, in the synagogue in Jerusalem during the day of the early church. After the reading, that's Acts chapter 13, verse 15. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement for the people, say it. So Paul stood up. And motioning with his hand said, and we're going to stop right there. Paul and Barnabas had just arrived in Antioch and had gone to the synagogue on the Sabbath for worship. What would happen at these services was they would read a part of what we call the Old Testament. After that, they did, uh, the, after that, the people would stand and speak. It's amazing that they looked to Barnabas and Paul and said, Brothers, if you have any word of encouragement, come and give it. They were looking for words of encouragement. We all look for words of encouragement. Words that will build us up. Words that will help us in times of despair and trouble. Words that will help us stay the course when times get tough. And words that affirm that what we are doing is the right thing. 
While we need to speak words of encouragement, it's easy instead to get caught up in speaking words of discouragement. It's typical of human nature. Scripture warns us about this repeatedly. Turn in the Bible to James chapter 3. Let's let the Word of God speak for itself. Wow, I must have been here so many times. I didn't have a ribbon or marker in it. My Bible just opened up to it. James chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. I want to give you a minute to catch up with me. James chapter 3, verses 2 through 6. For we, we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. How many of you want to be perfect? I'd like to get as close to it as I can. Able also to bridle his whole body. If we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Isn't that amazing? Our words are pretty powerful, amen? So, also the tongue is a small member. Verse 5, so that also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the course or the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. Um, powerful words. These words we choose to use are very important. We need to speak slowly sometimes. I have to, I have to remind myself of that. Um, Ann Landers, many of you remember her. She used to write nationally uh, in papers around the country, and she would give advice. And uh, one of the things that she said stands out greatly in my mind. The trouble with talking too fast is you may say something you haven't thought of yet. <laughs> yeah. The trouble with talking too fast is that you may say something you haven't thought of yet. That's a pretty powerful statement. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. I, I'm amazed. I just reached down and grabbed it. I don't have a marker. I flipped right to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. This is, uh, this is crazy. So I'm going to stop for a second and let you uh, um, fish for it or find it. I, I can't help but find that to be humorous. The last two scriptures that I reached for, I just grabbed the Bible and flipped the pages and there they were. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Very important words in the day and age in which we live. How many of you have heard of the hoof and mouth disease that cattle get? Sometimes we in our rush to speak get what I call foot and mouth disease. I've been there many times myself. We must be careful not to allow our words to discourage. Our society today has a new phenomenon that wasn't present in Jesus' day, and you need to hear very carefully this section of this message. We have social networking. We have Twitter and Facebook and other sites that someone like me, who's technologically challenged, can't even begin to understand. That's why I thank God for my family that's pretty adept at this. Let me encourage you to think carefully about what you speak through writing in this medium. Use this great technology to encourage and build people up, not to tear people down and discourage them. While speaking with our voices limited by those that hear us, this medium can place your words forever in the land of technology. It's like I said earlier, 
4,000, over 4,000 people visited our website last week just to hear a, poor, a part, at least a part of the sermon that we preached. Encouragement must be spoken. Fill your mouths with, and technology pages with words that comfort, uplift, and inspire. I'm sure that you've heard the saying, actions speak louder than words. While that may be true in some cases, in the constant context of encouragement, they go hand in hand with each other. We encourage people with our actions as well as our words. Let's look at another example of Barnabas. Go to Acts chapter 9, verses 26 and 27. Uh, by the time we're finished today, we're going to look at every verse of Scripture that has anything to do with Barnabas. And there's not you can't find one that you can't nail down that encouragement was a part of the passage. Acts chapter 9 verses 26 and 27 and look at that I had to turn several pages to get to it Acts chapter 9 verse 26 and when he had come to Jerusalem he attempted to join the disciples and they were all afraid of him they're talking about Saul because at this point Saul had not made public the change of his name to Paul and when he had come to Jerusalem he attempted to join the disciples and they were afraid of him for they did not believe that he was a disciple but Barnabas but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord who spoke to him and how at Damascus he had preached boldly in the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among them at Jerusalem preaching boldly the name of the Lord. So in other words, here's Saul. In the future he's going to be used by God to write most of the New Testament. And at this point, he can't even get a foot in the door to preach in Jerusalem if Barnabas the encourager had not been there to stand up for him and encourage the people to listen to the words that he had to say. If it wasn't for Barnabas, that door would not have been opened or God would have had to use another one. But God chose to use the encourager, Barnabas, to open the door of ministry for Saul in the early church when they would have been afraid of him. They would have even thought that he was trying to trick them or trap them so that he could kill them because that up to that point is what Paul had been doing. Everything in his power to kill the early church. Paul was still, as I said earlier, Paul was still going by the name of Saul at the time. He'd been saved on the road to Damascus and had answered God's call to preach and teach others about Jesus. The trouble was that he was known as a persecutor of Christians, not a follower of Jesus. The Christians in Jerusalem were afraid of him. Barnabas took Paul to the apostles and stood up for him. He told them that Paul's conversion, of Paul's conversion and how he personally had heard Paul preach the gospel of Jesus. They did not trust Paul, but they trusted the encourager Barnabas. It would have been easy at that time for Paul to say, these people don't accept me. Maybe I don't belong here. Barnabas, through his actions, encouraged and strengthened Paul in his faith and helped rebuild his reputation. Barnabas' actions matched his words, didn't they? Folks, our actions need to match our words if we're truly to encourage people. People need a warm and encouraging word sometimes. Sometimes that's the, the single thing that makes all the difference is someone shared a few encouraging words you know, there's plenty of bad news out there about what's going on in the world. We can hear it from many sources. 
do we as individuals necessarily need to be those people? There needs to be a balance out there somehow, some way. There are certain things that we can do, and we can use wisdom, and we can kill this virus by starving it. But is the virus the only thing that we need to talk about? I'm trying even in this message today to help you understand that words of encouragement can help change the tide of this attack on the people of this world and on the body of Christ. I may be having a bad week. Maybe you're having a bad week. Maybe you need a little encouragement. That's why we get together every morning, Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m., because we're going to hear a word of encouragement, and we're going to hear a scripture read, and we're going to pray together. And we're going to move through this as a body. While the words are comforting, I realize that it took an effort to do an action of encouragement. It does. It takes an effort to do an action of encouragement. It takes even more effort because it's like bending a steel bar in our brain. If you turn on the television and listen to the news, it's not all good. But it's not all bad either. One of the things we're finding out is the coronavirus isn't as deadly as the flu has been. And another piece of good news is that the flu is suffering a decline, thank God, while the coronavirus, uh, while the curve is lowered and while it lives out its purpose and goes away. Most of all, people need our prayers. What an act of encouragement is just to pray for somebody, to let them know that you're praying for them and then do it. Amen. Let them know that you're praying for them and do it. Folks, we encourage by our actions and our words. I encourage you today to be an encourager. Lift each other up. Encourage your friends and neighbors and brothers and sisters in Christ every chance you get. You never know how God uses your encouragement to bring people into a relationship with Christ. I know that today's message seems somewhat more like a devotional than a, than a sermon. Pray for us. Bear with us. Encourage us. We'll get better at this as it goes along. I want to pray for you today. Father, in Jesus' name, help us, Lord, through your word and through prayer to become encouragers. I especially want to take a moment today to pray for those that are in the medical profession, that are on the front lines, that literally have to come face to face with the people that are sick. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that by the power of your spirit, you will protect these warriors on the front line. Father, help them to know somehow in their hearts and lives today. Touch them. Let them know that you're with them, Father, and that you're helping them, Father, and that you're protecting them, I pray. Lord, what an unusual thing people in the world might think that we're asking for, but it's not unusual to your children. We know that you love us. We know that you care for us. We know that you forgive us of our sins and our shortcomings. Father, you hear our prayers when we turn our faces to you. And we ask in Jesus' name right now that you would kill this virus. And Lord, while you're in the process of killing this virus, that you will protect our doctors, our nurses, our medical responders, our all first responders, Father, and that you would keep them from suffering this illness, Father. And those that are sick right now, I pray that you would visit them by the power of your spirit, touch them and heal them, I pray in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name, we commit this situation entirely to you, Father. Lead us, guide us, direct us, help us, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. We are your children, and we, Father, proclaim humbly our need for you, Father, and our need for your help. Thank you, Father, for Life Spring Bible Church, but not only Life Spring Bible Church, every church that lifts up the name of Jesus. 
Father, may we miraculously come out the end of this being encouraged, being strengthened, being numerically grown. Father, help us with our time at home to be people of prayer, people of the word. And Father, people that just want to and desire to get to know your Holy Spirit better and to know Jesus Christ in a more personal way and to give you all the things that you desire, attention, prayer, love, adoration for just being our God. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let me encourage you uh, once again. Um, tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. we plan to be live with you uh, for notes from the pastor's desk and we'll share a verse of scripture with you and some time together. Hope you'll tune in and uh, we'll pray together. And we'll do that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then next Sunday at noon we may have a pre-recorded message. We may be live. I'm just however God leads us. That's uh, that's what I care about. Um, if it looks this week like uh, this is going to be a protracted period of time, what I want to do is add another time together uh, during the week, um, Monday evenings at six. Uh, not this Monday, but the following Monday. But wait, wait for a definite announcement on it. Uh, we may start up a Monday night Bible class at six o'clock uh, p.m. on the Book of Galatians. And um, why, I, why wait? Why put it off? I, I don't see any reason to put it off. Matter of fact, uh, why don't we just consider ourselves being in Bible school right now? And we've got time to study. We've got time to pray. We've got time to draw closer to our, our Father and our God in ways that we've maybe never known before in our lives. Also, um, I, I hope that I get this information uh, correct. Um, but Wednesday nights, we have an opportunity to take part in a worship service um, with Heights Foursquare church in yakima at six o'clock alaska time you can tune in to their facebook uh, page and uh, it will start approximately 6 p.m alaska time and a number of our people from the church watched uh, the very first one last wednesday night at six o'clock and then once again it gives us an opportunity to be doing the same thing together at the same time uh, and in that light by the spirit we're together and uh, we can reach out to God, and, and the Lord loves to hear us sing to him, even when we can't sing well or play well. Uh, that just doesn't matter to Father. It's beautiful to the ears of our Father. And we want to not withhold our worship and our praise and our adoration at this time. So, um, Yakima, uh, in Yakima, the, the Heights Foursquare Church has been gracious to invite us to be a part of it, and a number of us were last Wednesday night, and it's going to be available again this Wednesday night and every Wednesday night for the foreseeable future until we hear differently. And so um, let's uh, let's keep in mind those opportunities that we can uh, make plans to be together, even if it's for a short period of time, because these gatherings are important. We love you. God bless you. Trust God. And let's move through this thing together. In Christ's name, amen.